0: Hello and welcome to the new UCFB
1: football podcast. Uh, in this podcast, we'll be covering all of the Wembley campus football teams and uh, their fixtures. Um, right, yes, yeah, so shall
2: we introduce ourselves?
0: I'm Marley, I cover the UCFB first team
1: and I have this will be my fourth year covering them. Uh, I'm Sean, I'll be covering the Women's Academy. It's my third year covering them, but obviously we missed out last year because of Covid.
2: Uh, And I'm Connor, I'll be covering the seconds and I'm also in my third year of covering with uh, one year deducted from Covid as well.
0: Um, We are missing uh, one of our members today. Dylan uh, was unavailable, but he covers the third team. Um, We've been assured he'll come back next week, Um, so hopefully he gets back safe. So, lads, how do we feel about the first game of the season, football being back at UCFB
1: finally? I'm buzzing to get back into it. Um, last year was tough, obviously. We, were, we thought we were going to have our fixtures back. So we were, we were ready to get back into the swing of things. We were ready to go. Um, and then everything got put on hold again because of COVID. But back again now and we're, we're ready to go. It was awful, wasn't it? Last year,
0: just everything online. And then we had that glimmer of hope. We had trials, we had fixtures announced, squads announced. And then about, I think it was about November time, the notice
1: came out that all AU sports would be suspended. It, it was a frustrating time, wasn't it? We thought um, we thought we were ready to go and the society really seemed to kick on a bit last year. Um, new members came in and then suddenly we didn't have any work for them to do. Um, so you can only imagine what it would have been like for the players not having any fixtures. But yeah,
0: I I for one am so so glad that uh, football's coming back. I'm really excited. And um the first team are actually starting the season with an away day. We're going away to Hertfordshire. Um so it's not uh, not, not the worst travel. No, could be a, could be a lot further, but could be closer to home of course. Yeah. Um last year we did um we ended up playing Hertfordshire in the in the cup actually in the i think it was the round of 16 um and it actually got voted as our game of the season by um by the by the fans and the players so it should be another another uh, another good fixture this year um last year we obviously had, we we had to take it all the way to penalties and we ended up going through um but yeah so hopefully it's as as entertaining a game as it was last year but i'd actually much rather a uh, a boring 2-0 win just to get the season off to a good start than actually yeah, something that was as nail-biting as it was last year.
2: I think it'll be an interesting fixture because it's the first game of all these lads gelling together. So I think any sort of scrappy win is going to be a good result because they've not had much time have they really to figure each other out at this point.
1: Yeah, I think that's something you're going to see across all the teams. Obviously, new faces will be coming in. There'll be a few of the old faces from years gone by, but um, yeah, some, some new students... Um, going to be taken to the field and it'll be interesting to see how, how they do.
2: Yeah. It's weird. It's like a clean slate this year, isn't it? Because you had the year off last year, all the lads that were part of the teams have now gone. So you've got yeah. like, complete new squads.
0: Yeah. Well, like, I I think there's a few, especially in the first team, There's I think there's three. Uh, there's, so there's three that have played in the first full time. So you've got Giorgio, uh, Giorgio Delalo, uh Toby Mitchell and uh, Callum Foster. They were all in that. That's really successful uh, first team that won the league, um, and then got to the cup final. And they all played pivotal roles. Um, and then Callum Norman has also featured for the first team a few times. Um, but um, other than that, it's a it's a completely new squad. Really, Troy Sutherland, who's in the team, he was in there last year, but um, they obviously didn't get to play any games. So he trialed, got in, and then didn't <laughs> manage to get any any. Um, any appearances under his belt so he'll be making he might be making his debut next Wednesday Um, but when it I think in terms of those players that are there they're going to be key to those squads because they've got the experience they know what uni football is like because we all know that uni football is even though it's the same sport it's very different to your Sunday league or even your academy level football it's it's got something a bit different to it there's a bit of a uh a less of an f- a f- a emphasis on fitness i would say given the the lifestyle that a lot of the the the, the players are leading um but That's it is true. still a very physical game
1: That's so true. i think the experience will be key um in the, in the women's academy fitness is something i have to say that they're they're bang on with obviously being a, an academy um i feel like the standards are maybe a little bit higher they're they're all working towards the same goal they want to become professional footballers so um, in terms of fitness, last season, well, season before last, we played a lot of the teams off the park just through raw fitness and being able to run more than the other teams.
2: So suppose they've all got a point to prove, haven't they? That especially because I think you've got a larger squad, haven't you? So it's more competition for places in that first team.
1: Yeah, I spoke to the manager um, this morning, Kevin Braybrook, who he was the manager in when I was in first year. Um And he said they've got a much larger team of maybe 30 players to choose from this season, obviously, because it's an academy. Um, So probably going to see some new faces week in, week out. Um, So it will be interesting to see who manages to tie down a place in the first team and who's who's filtering in and out. Well, that's surely only going to be a good thing for the women's team. Having that competition
0: for places means that no one can rest on their laurels. You know, if you don't perform the next week,
1: you've got someone else there ready to take their chance. So... It's massive, yeah. I think um, a lot, a lot of the time in last season, uh, it, it felt like some players maybe got a little bit comfortable in their positions. Sometimes there were only two or three players on the bench. So now there's going to be a full bench every every yeah. week um, with new faces on it, and
2: so no no one's place is safe. Well, you've got competition just to get on the bench with that many players, have not you? Really? Yeah. Like, you, you've got to be putting in performances even to be starting. Not, yeah. not even in the first eleven absolutely
0: well competition for places was rife with the, the the men's teams as well i think by the second round of trials they'd only narrowed it down to 198 for the three teams so all the boys that have managed to get themselves in those squads have done extremely well you know too. yeah i think the first team there's only a squad of 16 so it just shows you that how 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 high competition for places is at ucfb yeah. and um as we see two years ago at about Christmas time, I think it was um there was a there was a I think there was a bit of that sort of complacency that you were talking about Sean in the the first team as well because after christmas we'd come back and we'd lost i think it was one or two games, and then uh, the manager Greg Symes, changed it up, completely ripped the squad apart, brought in people from the seconds, brought in some some people from the thirds completely changed it and when people then realize that just just trialing and getting into the squad isn't enough you've yeah. then got to deliver you can be dropped down to the seconds, or you can be put up to the first or or what's that's huge yeah um i think there's a it's a really healthy relationship for um the squads to be interchangeable but it because it means that no one is safe like you say everyone's got a everyone's got to prove that they, they they are where they deserve to be
2: I think that's a really great incentive for players that are playing in the thirds or the seconds as well. If you put the work in and put the performances in, you could move up to the first. Yeah, just purely from so it gives them a great incentive to turn up every week and really perform at their best. I'd add
1: to that as well. Um, being being a university that is centered around sports and football, particularly, everyone has like a deep rooted interest in football. So the the numbers of people that you're going to have going to trials for you to get onto the team, like competing against all of those. Um is massive. That's, I feel, something that maybe the women's academy lacked. Obviously, there aren't as many uh, girls at the uni as there are boys. So um, a couple of seasons ago, you know, it was a small pool of players to choose from. And I feel like that's growing and growing. And now there's suddenly this massive pool to choose from. And so, um, yeah, the competition is going to be a lot fiercer. Well,
0: I definitely think that's just a trend in terms of football in general, really. You see a lot. There's a lot more attention now on women's football, especially the WSL and stuff like that. You see a lot more on TV, and even around the uni, year by year, it seems that you, I seem to personally notice that there's more and more girls around the uni. There's much more of a of a diverse mix. Like for my first year, there was I think there was only four girls on my course, and now you, there's 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 a, there's a lot. There seems to be a lot more girls on campus, which can only be a good thing for for football. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, well, in the seconds, we've actually got three players that you had last year that oh. have dropped down. Um, who, are, who are they? Uh, we've got Tom Ford. Um, sorry for I massacre, this name. Uh, Barté Hovland and Ross Cornelius.
0: Yeah, so like Troy, they all trialled and made the first team last year, which um, is a, almost a shame because they'd got that far and then didn't manage to, uh, to play a game. But obviously now... They've retried again, credit to them, and they've still managed to get into a team. So I think they'll probably be key players for you guys because they're going to be wanting to reclaim their spot in the first team, which is where they probably feel they belong. Um,
2: it's also good because even though they haven't played any games, they know the training routine and what's expected of them so they can really lead the new players this year. That's sort of show them the ropes, what they need to do, what's expected of them as well. So that could be quite helpful in the long run. Who are you guys playing the first game of the season? Um, we have got Goldsmiths Uni. Um, uh, that's a new one to me. I don't. We haven't played them before uh, in the cup or the league, so it's quite hard to judge what sort of challenge we're going to be facing. But um, we've got quite a strong squad. I feel so. I think we're we're going to be right up there this season again.
0: Gold Goldsmiths was actually my first ever game uh, really? covering UCFB. Yeah, we was at home at Silver Jubilee Park and. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a daunting one. Never, didn't really know what to expect. Turned up, and we ended up. I, I'm correct. I I will check, but I'm pretty sure we won twelve two, or something wow. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, victory. Yeah, obviously, with uni football, the biggest thing that can change is the, the squads because every yeah. year you get a whole new flock of players. Um, so they they could be a lot better than that. They could be a lot worse. We don't know, but one thing we do know is that that UCFB are gonna be wanting to start with a win across all boards because we do have a a, a great success in both the league and the cup across the board with teams. Yeah. Last year, um well I say last year, it keeps it was weird saying last it year. Does, because, it does doesn't not because last year we didn't actually play. So last the last cut season that we played, we obviously had a, a two league champions in the first and the seconds. Uh the women won the league as well. Um, and then the first team made it to the cup final and unfortunately didn't win. Um, and the women's team also made it to the semi-finals, didn't they, Sean? Uh,
1: yeah, they did. Uh, we lost out to Surrey on the day. It was a 2-1 loss at home. Um, and it was actually the only game that the girls lost all season. Um, so it must have been a, a really bitter feeling for them to get that far and then to suddenly drop out. All they'd had all the season was like this taste of victory and suddenly... Um, Suddenly, it was it was it was no more. Maybe it was um, complacency got to him a bit, possibly. Um, but sorry, were brilliant on the day. You've got to give it to him.
2: I think that only makes you stronger as a team when you have losses like that, especially if you're on such a good winning streak. Yeah, I mean, our, people need to know the feeling of losing to want the feeling of winning even more. Yeah, so, I, rem- yeah. I remember
1: the the following week we had uh, the league game, which which won the title for us. So, um, and that was a four one away win. So I think having that. Loss that little knockback uh, really sort of pushed them on to, to to go that one further and um claim the title the following week. Yeah, I I completely agree with you guys. I see. Um, I spoke to
0: Toby and and Giorgio in Freshers Week actually, and they were obviously they they were there that day in Portsmouth when we uh we we fell short, and the first thing they said to me, both of them, was we're going to do it again this year. We're going back for more. So it's it's like that
1: thing, you know. That's yeah, massive, yeah, it just
0: coming that that close, make and not and just falling a little bit short mm. makes you want it that bit more next yeah. time.
1: Especially when your your time at university is so limited, yeah. Um, and then losing another year through through um, the league being cancelled, um, you know, having having one more run at it, it's got to feel like you know that's the that's the main goal to to get, grab some more silverware at the end of the season. Yeah, but I
0: think that sort of experience, obviously having having players in the women's team that have been there and done it made it to a semi-final having players in the first team that have been to a final that just that experience you see in you see it in professional football as well that experience is invaluable you can't it's not something you can coach on a training pitch it's not something that you can learn you you've either got that experience or you don't and having those players sat in the dressing room that can say look we've been here before we've done this boys yeah let follow our lead and, and and we'll we'll guide we'll guide the way um, will be invaluable to those
2: guys. I think, I think that, that was what's so crushing about last year as well, because you had them boys that were in the cup final, then went into their third year and thought, yeah, we'll do it again this year. Then obviously with COVID, they didn't, didn't get to play any games. So it must have been gutting for them, really.
1: Yeah, so they won't be taking anything for granted this time
0: around. Definitely not. Definitely not. I think with us all coming out of this COVID thing and football finally being back, that is the one thing that everyone can take away from it, that 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 nothing will ever be taken for
2: granted again. I would agree. End a little segment there. Lovely. Welcome back to part two. So, uh, boys, what do you think of your squads this year? How do you think your teams are going to set up going into the season?
1: Well, for the Women's Academy, obviously, as I said, uh, there's going to be a lot of fresh faces. So... Uh on those players I can't really make too 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 much of a judgment yet. Um but uh after the first match day I'll be able to give you some insights as to who I think might be standout players who 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 might be influential throughout the rest of the season. But we do have a few returning faces. Um Elise Lowe, Evie Gain both coming back, as well as Charlie Rollison, Charlie Cowper as well. Um and last season they set up in a 4 2 3 1. Um so uh, you know, the, those two midfield pivot in front of the back four were really influential, not just um keeping the back four safe, but uh they they were really sort of progressive as well, going forwards, getting goals. Um and that's that was that was part of the midfield pivot that Elise Lowe was a part of. Um so I could see her grabbing a few goals. Um but I think uh in terms of a, a top scorer, I'm looking towards Charlie Cowper maybe. She's the number nine. Um and you know, there's going to be a few girls in there that can can really grab some goals this season. But I'm going to back the centre forward and say that if I'm going to put money on a top scorer, I'd say it would be her. Yeah, well, the women's team
0: last year it was it's it seemed to be it got to the point where it wasn't whether they'd win; it was by how many goals. And every every week logging on, going onto the Twitter, and you just seeing you seeing it come through, and you think, oh, they've got another one, they've got another one, they've got another one.
1: It it really um, did become like that. It was a lot of. A lot of games where we were winning by 10 or more um and it was evie gain with five today or uh, lily stevens with six um yeah. charlie picked up a few hat tricks throughout the season as well so um whether we can do it again in a league that's slightly uh higher is is yet to be seen but um I've got full faith in the girls. You know, we're a, a un, like a university based around football, so um, I'd 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 back them and say that we could we could go out and do that a few times this season. See, that's the thing as well about being a a, a football
0: based university. Not only have we got um, players with with great technical ability, but all of them have got very, a very high football IQ. Does it? it it's not just um, it's not just their technical ability on the ball. They see the game well. They, they, they understand tactics they 're easily coached mm. um, and I think that was obviously one of the one of the key points for the first team a couple of years ago. They all got they, like you said, they all gelled so well together, and it was a real team, um, a real team spirit and So I think this year it would be important to have those returning players um, in sort of toby Giorgio Callum Foster as well to sort of create that morale again in the dressing room i think callum foster is going to be really important in midfield for the first team this year um like we said before with university football sometimes the life of a student means that these these players aren't coming into into games necessarily with with an athlete's fitness but he was like the terminator he was just <laughs> 90 minutes non-stop running from end to end he was a, the real engine in that midfield and And if he wasn't man of the match, he was definitely close every single week. He was, yeah, just like like I said before, like a terminator. Um, But Giorgio as well come in with some really important goals, really, really important goals at really key times. Um, And I think that's what made the success of the first team a couple of years ago is that every player in the squad at one point or another had a big moment, not necessarily a goal, but maybe a tackle. Or a save or, or or that that little pass or or these little decisions that that almost have some sort of butterfly effect to a bigger impact yeah and and if if the uh, the manager this year Jake if he can get that out of of his players this year, hopefully they'll do well hopefully they will do well and and no doubt he'll be wanting to sort of emulate the um the successes of of Greg Symes, uh, Ali Nell and Brad Robinson of uh, years previous with the, the,
1: the League and Cup success that they had Yeah, uh, that is massive and um, going with that I'll just pose a question to you Connor obviously you don't know too many of the, the team that you'll be covering this year Um, you'll be able to give us a bit of a better opinion on it next week so this Wednesday what will you be looking out for in particular as uh, sort of characteristics
2: that will uh, be important for the squad? Um, I think I'll just be getting a general feel of the squad. To be honest, I think I'll be on the lookout for key players. Um, sort of looking at what players are going to take, take the team by the reins. Really, like who's who is going to give the armband to, who's going to stand up and be a leader. Uh, I'll probably have a good feel for who's going to be top scorer after next week as well. Especially if we get anyone scoring a hat trick or anything, I think that sort of yeah. Well that's the Despite thing is himself.
0: that's the thing isn't it leaders are so important with this sort of thing any successful UCFB team that i can think of in, mm. in years gone by you you can always name the leader you can but not only having the guy with the armband as the leader but you can name the leaders around the squad the ones that are that are willing to stand up and be counted for um yeah. and that's going to be really important i think for all the teams having those people that are willing to take responsibility like Connor said, take the game by the reins and, 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 and put, on, put on a performance.
2: I think that's why UCFB teams have always done so well because they've always had them players. Yeah. Not, not, not necessarily even just one in a squad. You've got about four or five in them squads that we, we took over when we first started doing this, and that's why they had so much success because there's so many people that you could turn around and say, oh, yeah, he, he could wear the armband this week. Just a lot of big personalities in the squad.
0: Well, yeah, you look at, um, for example, two years ago, Jack Cleveland. He was at the seconds, and you followed him for the first half of the season. And when uh, Greg did that reshuffle, we then got moved up to the first. And it wasn't like, oh, now I'm in the first; I'm not the leader anymore. He then took responsibility yeah. in the first team, and there was some games where, for ten or fifteen minute periods, he sort of dragged the team through it. Yeah, you know, making those. He was never afraid of making those big tackles. He was never afraid of getting on the ball and using the ball. But also, you could do the special stuff as well—the flicks, the tricks, the the, the intricate passes—that the and give you that wow factor as well.
1: Yeah, I I think some players really are just built for that sort of leadership role to grab a game by the scruff of the neck and drag their team along if they if that's what's needed. Um, I think at university football, it's it's sometimes quite prevalent who's who's new to the team and who's in their third year maybe and a little bit more experienced. So um, it will be interesting to see now the players that will be in third year this year, they were first years when, when we last saw them play. So it'll be really interesting to see who will step up and take that take that role.
2: I think for me, especially maybe more than you two, because you two have got a few players that did play in them teams, whereas my squad's all new. So I think it's going to be, the manager's definitely going to have their work out from trying to decide who's going to be the leader in that squad or even even players stepping up and being a leader. Because mm. obviously the leaders that were in the, the previous successful squads, they're all gone now so someone new is going to have to come up and take the reins take that armband and really lead the squad
0: how do you think your team will set up Connor? or do do you not have any idea how how did they how did the 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 second set up previously
2: um the previous set ups uh, mostly a 3-4-3 three, three. uh so we relied a lot on the um on the wingers also doing their defensive duties as well but also, I think we had a really solid back line on the second team in that first year obviously you had joe lewis who then i think he started the final didn't he for the first yeah so he went up to the first and really made a name for himself there as well but he was just different different gravy really to the rest of the centre-backs in, in that league when you look at the other teams. So we had a really strong defensive line and obviously like like Jack Leaglie as well in the midfield he was an absolute animal. So I, I don't know if because obviously uh, Michael Dockett he's gone now we've got a complete new manager new system new players with certain skill sets so it's really hard to gauge but hopefully after the first game we'll have a, a lot more information.
1: It's a good system to run the 3-4-3 the three, three, isn't it? Because yeah. Have if you've got those two wingers that have a, a good ability to get up and down the pitch, and they have that stamina, you know, you've basically got five in defence, five in attack. Whenever mm. you, whenever you're like going forward or or the other team have the ball, um, so yeah, that that's a that's a massive little um factor that I think a lot of teams won't be used to playing against. Well,
0: that's one thing that that UCFP coaches have never been scared of doing is playing pragmatic football. Mm. If you look at Michael Doherty, he was he was a real tactician. In terms of on on the sideline, I I always remember him bringing boards with magnets and he was very meticulous in making sure players were where he wanted them to be. Um, Greg was another one that was very, very pragmatic. Sometimes you'd look at him and think, why are you doing that? And then 15 minutes later, you'd be 3-0 up and he'd be turning around going, that's why. I remember uh, the year before he started for the, the... the year before he was in the dugout for the first team, he I think he was at the thirds, maybe the
2: seconds?
0: I think it was the thirds. And he played a 3-3-4. Three, three, <laughs> yeah. So it's a, 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 a strange formation, and everyone um, sort of brave had no idea why he decided to do that. And what made it worse was when I, when I did speak to him about it, he said, yeah, and, and, and the four that are up front don't come into our half we only defend with six hmm. and I said you're crazy <laughs> um but the third team did very well that year if I if I remember correctly I think they did what win the league that year yeah they did um and that's when Greg then came to the firsts and uh and Michael was obviously in the seconds and last year Michael was meant to to take over Greg's role as the first team manager which I was really looking forward to because I had seen bits of Michael working with the seconds with you, Connor. And, um, and he, like I said, he was just a real tactician. He really focused on the minor things. And I, I was excited to see what he was going to do, where he was going to take that team that had got so close to the final mm. and hadn't quite made it. And where he's going to take that because he was even at the final in the crowd. So he I feel like that... that Bitter taste of the defeat was almost in his mouth as well, even though he wasn't part per se part of that team.
2: Yeah, a, a, quite a big section of the squad for that final. Not maybe not necessarily the starting eleven, but the subs as well. Like a lot of that was the players that he'd coached in the second team. So I feel like it was he sort of felt like it was sort of his team as well because they were they were all the lads that he spent the whole season coaching to win win the league undefeated. So I think it, part of him was sort of part of that first team as well.
0: Yeah, so it is gutting to see. To, to to have never seen him in the dugout for the first team it would have been interesting but you know covid has its ways of of affecting mm. football and um, it does. but now now we've got uh, the new coaching set up at um with the first and it's it's going to be exciting to see where they where they take it and what's what they're going to sort of do with it greg had a very greg was very um forceful with wanting to get on the ball and play football he didn't want to play long long balls he wanted to get the ball down and he wanted to play the team off the park because he knew we had the players to do it yeah
1: um i think um speaking tactically with the the women's academy not to take anything away from their achievements because they were fantastic all throughout the season um a lot of the time they just found it really really easy i think um and whenever they did have issues, it was when another team would be able to physically impose themselves on them. Um, so moving up into a higher league, hopefully, we can see maybe a little bit more of that tactical side start to come out rather than sort of just get the ball down and play. I think it it was a, it was it was pretty easy. It was a walk in the park at times for them last season. But with new competition, maybe um maybe we'll see a bit more of a, a tactical approach. Well, that's the thing with UCFB teams because we've obviously we're only
0: we're we're a relatively new university so we've had to start from the bottom yeah so a lot of the teams we've been facing are are been in lower divisions and you often find the teams are really challenged in the cup when they get to the later rounds because that's the sort of teams that are at their level um but yeah that's what i found as well with the first team is a lot of the time teams can't match them on a technical level so they do try and physically impose themselves and that's when you get the late challenges, yeah. the, the tactical fouls and you you, you you, see bookings come out and stuff like that. Um, but in the past, UCFP teams have always been, in my experience anyway, really good at dealing with that and sort of playing around it, playing yeah. through it and and ultimately getting the job done, getting the job done and, and winning games and winning leagues.
2: Yeah, well, it's, For me personally, last season... I think it was um I think it's Bucks New uni. I think who the thirds are playing first game we beat them 9-2 at our place. I like, played them completely off the park and then when we came to play them away they'd put half of the rugby squad in their back line and in their midfield so <laughs> they'd, they'd literally just come to just try and snap everyone. There was no football being played like it was ridiculous. That's
1: I mean and, and being streetwise is a big part of it. Um I mean we've we've got a lot of players that are in professional uh, football academies so um, they they do have that with them. They've got a lot of experience playing at a higher level, um, but every now and then you come up against a team that has one or two players that can really like run the show and like give you give you real issues. Even if maybe you're not the best technically, um, but just bringing that physicality or that streetwise to the game can really really change things. And
0: yeah, no, we've certainly seen it over the years where you say got a team where they may have one or two that are pretty good technically on the ball and then they rely on the physical attributes of the rest of the team either whether it be pace power height stuff like that and everything goes through that one player but the other attributes of the 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 rest of the say less technically gifted players is what what troubles you a lot uh crosses into the box and stuff like that um but ucfp teams are just gonna have to find a way to deal with yeah. that last year or last season with Ryan Haylett who was absolutely immense in the air he'd mm. win everything he'd add her a brick if he had to he was just immense so it's fine how are they going to deal with that this year and if it's not winning the first it's winning the second balls and yeah. and stuff like that so it's, it's it's really going to be a a, a key issue
1: um, I think that's when your leaders really start to show as well you know you get to half time you're thinking we're so much better than them why aren't we winning um, and again it's, it's, it's having that ability to sort of see okay they they're beating us in this it's not it's not the fact that we can't put the ball down and play and make beautiful passes and string 10 20 30 passes together before creating a chance it's it's getting snapped in the final third um and if you don't have the players to go up against them physically then that's when that leadership really comes out
0: yeah i think the biggest question um for the first team this year is going to be where are the goals going to come from two seasons ago we had probably one of the one of the best strike forces in in the country and Ollie Ollie Stevens and and Sam Blake they got hatfuls of goals a pair of them uh, the season before everyone was crying for them to be put together but Ollie only made the seconds and then under Greg decided to bring him up to the first and he, and straight away they both proved that they were they should have been together from the start they were absolutely prolific give them half a chance they put it away give them just a sniff and it was like they were just dynamite the pair of them together as well um blakey was really so self, self selfless in the season he he'd often play off the left to help Ollie score more goals but but would also chip in as well he actually scored the goal in the in the in the dying moments of the last game that won us the league and olly was absolute star man in the semi final that got us to the final they were both just absolutely Amazing up front. If you needed a goal, you could turn to them and they would deliver. That was that. Just give them a chance; they'd put it in the net. They were just born to score goals. The pair of them. Um, so where those goals are going to come from this year, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like I said before, Giorgio has has um, chipped in with some very important goals, but he he's he obviously usually plays off the right or the left, and he's not a number nine. He's mm. not. So he's 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 never he's creative, but he's not as he's not a goal scorer. So maybe we'll we'll be looking to him more for some assists, some chances yeah. created and stuff like that.
2: Do you think Callum Norman could be a big player for you this season? Because he was a quite a prolific goal scorer in the seconds uh, two years ago. So I think he could he could really come through as your your star striker this season. I don't really know a lot of the players on your squad, so I can't really comment too much about who I think is going to be again top goal scorer. But I'd say I'd I'd back Callum if it was me looking from an outside perspective.
0: Yeah. To be fair, now that you've said that, Callum had obviously been making a lot of noise in the seconds um, two years ago, as it was. And um, yeah, I I think yeah, if 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 I was putting my money on it now, I'd say that I'd tip Callum to be the top goal scorer as well. Because yeah, like you said, it seemed like every time I looked at the looked at the Twitter, you look through, and it's like who scored today for
2: the seconds? It's Callum again. So, he's an absolute engine as well. He just don't stop running. He's I think he's massive... Like you said about the fitness in uni football, he's really fit. He can just run all game. I think he's going to run defences ragged when you've got bigger lads that don't necessarily have the stamina of some, some of the players on our squads.
0: So what kind of striker is he? Is he a big number nine? Is he going to dart in behind or is he just like a poacher? He just seems like whenever the ball drops, it's at his feet and he's just ready to stick it in the back of the net. I
2: think he's, he's, a, he's a pacey striker and he's got a, a good... Uh, strike on him as well I don't. I think he scores more like sort of long range goals to be honest I don't really think I've seen him score many tap-ins yeah, he's just really good at driving with the ball beating his defender just putting it bottom corner top ins. but yeah, yeah I, natural I'm, goal scorer
1: we've got a big physical centre forward in Charlie Cowper I spoke about her a little bit before that's my tip for the top goal scorer but something she did really well was just pin a centre back and let the ball come into her feet and then other players can play off her um so, you know, I think she'll be chipping in with some assists as well. She's really good at making the play flow and you know, get that ball up to her quickly and then the wingers can do she can do anything from there. Um so it'll be interesting to see maybe does a new centre forward come in that gives us some competition. Um the the newest crop when I was in first year was a fantastic crop of like new players coming through and they really challenged. Um so it'll be it'll be good to see if uh some of the newcomers can break into that team and provide some goals. With a striker like that, with Charlie, you're saying being so good at
0: pinning a defender, it's almost being that physical presence up front. I feel like mm. when you've got a striker like that, you almost have to play to their strengths or there's not much point having them. You've yeah. got to sort of build the attack around them. Otherwise, there's no point in having a physical presence up there if you're not going to use it. Yeah. Um. So... I think she she if if she will be key if if that's where
1: the women's team is gonna go she will be key for them yeah and that's she's so good at it like it's I I don't know if she'll she, she'll take offence to this but I'll liken her to a Romelu Lukaku like she she will pin a defender and bully them and then pass the ball off and get into the box ready for the cross and she scored so many tap ins last year because her, her knowledge on where to be in the box her attacking position is just second to none. Like it's really, really, really
2: impressive. Do you think maybe having a a second striker come through this season could maybe help her? Then if she's got someone to hold the ball up and lay it off to, I think so. Yeah, I think
1: I think in the games where uh, maybe it's not working out and we're not finding that breakthrough, maybe a smaller, quicker striker that can be a bit more technical with, with the ball, maybe, maybe complement them. Um, Almost like a Crouchy and a Defoe Imagine aspers. imagine it would be absolute scenes We'd love it um, It would be good to see a, a 2 striker Two up front Because um, I think having her next to someone That can play off her would be Would be really dangerous yeah. Welcome back to part three Marley, I'll go to you first um, first, se- first game of the season this week uh, Who have you got? So we're away
0: at the University of Hertfordshire Sports Village facing the University of Hertfordshire. Um, we spoke about a bit earlier the, uh, the the cup triumph of last year. It's going to be a really interesting clash because obviously they're going to want some retribution. We're going to want to repeat, have a repeat of, of it. So, um, and you know, we all do love playing away. So it's going to be a nice little away day to start the season.
1: Yeah, we do like an away day and... Uh... It's the exact same for uh, the Women's Academy. We're away at Chichester. Um, that's a two o'clock kickoff. And the last time we played them, it was an 8-1 win. Um, they got promoted as well with us last season. So it'll be a good good clash. Maybe see some familiar faces. Probably not, because you know how, how, how much uh, uni teams seem to rotate. Um, but it will be good to see, um, just as a benchmark, how we play against someone that we have played before. Uh, but again, in a higher league.
2: I'm sure they'll come with a point to prove as well. If you beat them eight one last season, they're going to be out for revenge. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting fixture.
1: If there's any players that remember that thrashing, then um, yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll be wanting to to get some get some revenge. Connor,
2: um, we are at home to Goldsmiths Uni as I mentioned earlier. Three o'clock kickoff, so please do come down and support the boys if you're about. Um, we haven't played these lot before, so we. Um, I think you said you beat them twelve one last season.
0: Uh no so this was we played goldsmiths in my first ever game at UCFB. Oh yeah, that was it. Um, and I think the score was twelve two, but don't so, quote me on that. So that's a while back now. That's a good. Yeah, so none years. none of those players that uh were in that that UCFB team at even at the uni anymore. Let alone still playing for the team. It was a, it was all all the way back in twenty eighteen, which uh seems like an age away now, but it does. But, yeah. yeah. And I think, obviously, with uni teams, they can change every year. So the next year, after we got promoted, they might have got a lot better. You never know who, what sort of what calibre of players have joined that uni and trialled for the team. So it's, you can't even, even having played Hart, Hertfordshire last year, yeah. you can't say, oh, we're definitely going to beat them or we're definitely not going to beat them or, or something like that. You've just got to, got to beat what's in front of you, as it yeah. were. Yeah,
2: I think it would be a strange fixture because it's one of them where they're not a familiar side. Obviously, yeah, like you said, they're going to probably have the same as us, a complete new squad, new setup. Um, I'm sure Dwayne, who played in the, the manager of the seconds, he was in the thirds a couple of years ago, so he knows how important it's going to be to get get that first win under the belt at the start of the season, especially if you're looking for challenging for the title. Yeah, That's, that's a very important start okay. to keep the morale up and for them players to start bonding a bit more. So he's going to want to get out there and get a good first win.
1: I think it would be great for the, the new faces to get started with the home game as well. I think that'll be quite big, you know, get get used to your own territory before you go away somewhere. Um we've obviously got away fixtures this season. We love an away day. Um I know the girls definitely do they love a sing song on the bus. <laughs> um they see, there's there's something good about an away day, isn't there? There's like a like a camaraderie. You all get the bus there together mm. rather than turning up on your own to the to the pitch. Um so I think that those away days are special, but I think being at home for the first game of the season, you don't have to do much travelling. Um, it might be a bit more of a strenuous one for the away team well away days are only good if you win if you don't win <laughs> that that bus
0: home is a bit of a bit of an awkward run a bit of a quiet a, a quiet affair um, everyone's sort of keeping to themselves headphones in but yeah when you do win that bus on the away on, on the way home is is raucous like a party bus as opposed to a squad bus
2: um i actually think for ucfb though playing at home comes with more pressure because the in my experience, Silver Jubilee's always been a bit of a fortress. Like UCFB don't really tend to lose there, so when you do lose, it's like hurts a lot more. Sort of like, well, what went wrong today, lads? Because we shouldn't be losing at home. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of pressure playing at that. Well, home,
0: I think with with le- the league being so small, there's only been six, five or six other teams in in your league. Your home form is so so important. If you don't make your home ground a fortress immediately you don't there's not a lot of time to play catch up in this league you you know there's not a lot of fixtures and you've got to start very quickly and having a good home form is key to that um and that was one of the biggest problems for the first team a few years ago you know we had a real a bit a real lull in form over the christmas period and 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 greg had to make the changes because you cannot you cannot think oh well well, next game we'll get the win on there is there isn't enough games to be give to be putting yourself in a position where you're trying to make up ground, and I think that's why it's so important for all all of UCFB teams to make a statement of intent and 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 come out of the blocks fast and and come out with a win and with the
1: three points. Yeah, obviously that's going to be massive for all of the teams, especially with new faces in. They want to taste victory on their first day. Um, obviously, with with the women's team. We didn't fa we didn't taste uh, defeat too many times. The one defeat we did have was at home in the cup. Um, so obviously that wasn't a, a nice day for for the girls. But at least there wasn't a long trip home, um, sat on a coach quietly. In fact, the only other game that we didn't win that season was an away draw. And just after drawing a game, the the atmosphere on that coach was it wasn't good. It was heads down. It no one was no one was in the mood for a sing song on that one. <laughs>
2: Well, I've actually never seen UCFB lose at Silver Jubilee. They went undefeated there the, the season, first season, and then obviously last season did they get to play, so not really count. But yeah, I'm yet to see a loss at home for UCFB. It'll be interesting to see whether Silver Jubilee gets made into a fortress again this season, or whether it's going to uh, be a bit of a struggle for them to carry on the legacy.
0: I think one of the biggest parts of um, Silver Jubilee Park being such a fortress is the amount of amount of fans that do come down. I know particularly for the first team, we had our very own mob that followed us home and away a couple of years ago and they were outstanding. And just having that support, because you go to a lot of other universities and you might have one or two people watching, but coming down to Silver Jubilee Park and seeing 10, 20 people there, getting into the standing up in the stands, chanting, get out each player's having their own songs and stuff like that. It it makes an atmosphere that uh, that that away players aren't used to playing in. And while it might not be the sound of of seventy five thousand in Old Trafford or even eighty thousand in Wembley, it it's an atmosphere like I said, it's an uncomfortable atmosphere and one they're not used to playing in. Um and that that those songs and that noise does give our players a lift. And then when you do then get the ball in the back of the net, running over to those fans and embracing them, Yeah, that there's something quite
1: special about that. I mean, yeah, for for the women's team, there were always one or two that would show up and show their support. Uh, so it was nice to have a couple there, but maybe this year with a much bigger squad, we'll, we'll see those numbers this season and we'll, we'll be able to experience that a bit more. Um, so yeah, I think that, that, again, could be a big factor of playing at home. Um, we play our games, somewhere else to most of the teams Uh, we're not at silver jubilee park so it doesn't have the exact same feel i would say um as it's usually just not as busy um but i think yeah maybe this season if we could get a few more faces turning up uh girls that are in the team but not in the match day squad um yeah that could that could be a big 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 factor
2: yeah that'd be ideal where are we going next (laughs) Join us next week as we look back at match week one, look ahead to match week two, all things in between, and we'll be breaking down all things UCFB football.
1: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.